0: And let's go, amen? We can't waste another minute. And so today, to help kind of challenge that, that thought, that missional kind of concept, we've got three missionary couples uh, who are with us today. Uh, and God just kind of brought it all together, and I am really thrilled that they're here. So I'm going to introduce them one at a time. When I call your name, just you guys give them a nice round of applause. They'll come on up. Uh, but from Spain, we have Tim and Christy Johnson. Would you give those guys a nice round of applause? From Central Asia, countries I cannot pronounce, David and Angie Outlaw. Would you welcome them to Kirby this morning? And then going to Houston, Texas as missionaries, our own Joe Hutchison and Carrie Hutchison. Give it up. And what we're going to do basically is just kind of have a little um, a mission roundtable. And uh, just kind of ask questions and facilitate some discussion here. They shared some incredible stuff in the first service. And I would encourage you to get a pen, use the back of your notebook uh, or back of your bulletin. scribble down some notes because they're going to share some wonderful scripture. They're going to share some great stories. You're going to see pictures, uh, I think, scroll on the back. They, they won't necessarily be tied together with what they're sharing but um, it, it will give you insight and, and a visual to what they're doing so what I'd like to do is start with the Outlaws down at the, the end. In case you do not know, some, some of us are having flashbacks because this is Dr. Outlaw who was my professor and Jeff Caldwell's and a lot of others. Uh, it is his grandfather but it is also uh, Victoria <laughs> and Spencer and Connor and I'm missing one Libby Libby, and Carson who is one of our 24 summer interns this summer. This is his mom and dad and we're glad to have Carson this summer, aren't we? And uh, uh, he's great. So anyway, what are you laughing about? You're killing me. So anyway, just uh, tell us a little bit about where you're at, what your ministry entails, how long you've been there and just kind of give us an overview of the ministry
1: well you know the lord works long before we do to get these things ready for us and so long ago the lord has was working in his parts of, all over the world to get the time ready for us and working in our lives so that we david um, was pastoring and so we had spent our time and education and experience and the lord just opened the door for us to go to central asia and when i say that you're thinking where is that so to make it a little easier it's south of russia west of china and north of afghanistan so all of that is where um we've had the opportunity to minister there um in that people we call that part of the 1040 window if you know anything about that and the latitude there where um in our area over 110 different people groups unreached people who have less than one percent of the gospel the majority of that area um is um, um follows islam for the most part in that area and so we have the opportunity to work there but um, the lord just brought together free will baptist opportunity to work alongside alongside some brothers and sisters who were trying to get the gospel out to those unreached peoples and so um, they said we really need some help they had been evangelizing since the time of the fall of the soviet union Um, the lord had put pockets of believers there and when the time came for him to just break, as they would say, tear down that wall. They just attacked that area and began to share the gospel. And as they were able to um, begin to plant churches in that area, they said, we just need some help, someone to come alongside us. And so the Lord gave us the opportunity in 2007 to go there. And with our family of five, they were, we dragged kids two to 12, five kids two to 12 years old across the ocean and, um, and he gave us the opportunity to serve. We were there full time until 2011. And, um, and then the visa situation in the country changed where they said, we don't really love it, that um, there are lots of missionaries there." And so they began to change it. And so we've been in and out since then continuing to minister in the churches and in the training um, the training institutions there to help come alongside to support and equip the church to reach their own, people for Christ. And so the Lord's opened the door for us to continue to come in and out. And I was just there in April, um, training 60 women in Tajikistan and 60 in Kazakhstan, each with their own ministries and their own towns and villages. And so it, the Lord's done some exciting things. We're almost jealous that we're not there full time, but we know that he has a bigger plan and he sees sure. a lot more than we do. So that's
0: great. And then, um, the David when will you make it back to August?
2: This, I, I go back in August, uh, to teach uh, in the Institute there my job is to train uh, the pastors and missionaries uh, that they have uh, both Russian ethnic Russians and ethnic Tajiks ethnic and they've just started we've got 20 ethnic Kazakhs that mm-hmm. will be in the Institute trained to be pastors and missionaries awesome. and, and this is to an unreached people group the the Kazakhs uh, among the Kazakh people group, less than 2% of Kazakhs are Evangelical believing
0: Christians. So you're, you're literally kind of raising up that next generation yes. of, of pastors going out.
1: Yeah, one of the pictures that we brought was uh, with a group of students that we worked with. They were the children of the first generation mm-hmm. of Christians. If you ask a group like this, how many of you were saved before 92? There would be no one. Nobody. And so all of uh, we have, you know, if you have 17 and 20 year olds in your sort of youth, they're the first people ever to be raised among um, Christian families. And so we we met with them every week. And one of the exciting things was we said we know that the whole of Scripture is coming out soon. Up until then, they only had the New Testament and some portions of the Old Testament. And so when in 2011 we were able to actually hand Genesis to Revelation in their heart language to that group of students was amazing and then it was like go, go and share and so it was, it was exciting for us and we know God's doing things while we're not there for yeah. sure. It doesn't, God's plan doesn't ride on us for sure. He just lets us be a part of it sometimes. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Now what you're going to see is kind of the changing face of of missions, okay? Because typically we think well if you're going to be a missionary then you've got to go plant a church. Tim and Christy Johnson have done that, and and they'll speak to that in just a second, but there are so many different opportunities now available, and all three couples would attest to that. Uh, It is no longer just the day of the missionary going out. Uh, You you have support personnel now coming alongside church planters, you know, and and church planters having the vision of, of their church, you know, starting another church and uh, kind of clustering I think would be the terminology but but it's a it's it's awesome what God is doing so that's David and Angie Outlaw we'll get back to them in just a second over here is uh, Tim and Christy they've been out on the mission field for 16 years now does not seem that long they have not changed in 16 years and uh, you know no, no change whatsoever um, if, your, if your student if your son or daughter grandson granddaughter went to Spain last year on the mission trip Uh, they were right here with these folks so you ought to be thankful that they sent them back alive Uh, and and that was that was good Uh, and so anyway uh, we love you guys you know we've supported you guys ever since you've been out there and uh, we're excited about what God's doing tell us a little bit about what's going on in the work and and uh, for those of who are newer to Kirby maybe uh, fill them in on uh, the who what when how why thing of, uh, of Spain
3: Um, We went to Spain 16 years ago. There were two of us, and during that time we added two more to our family, two of our children who were born in Spain, and they're here around today as well. And um, we moved to a town called Alpedrete, which is, you're seeing some pictures of our, our town there, and actually where the blue sign is, is where we have our, we used to have our church services, we've actually moved into a larger facility. But um, we chose this town because it had a lot of young families with lots of kids, which we love. That's amazing. You can see some more pictures of all the kids in our church. It's really, really exciting. But we also chose this town. The main reason we chose it was because it didn't have a church. The town had history that dated back 500 years. So when Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue back in 1492, our town was there. And since that, from that time until just about eight years ago, there was no church. And so mm. we've moved there, and we're working in a church there. Awesome, that awesome. That started.
0: All right, let, me, let me just do a follow-up. I thought okay. you were looking at him like, oh, okay, to, to, to take it away, Tim. Take it away, uh, Tim. Uh, yes. in, the, in, in the 16 years you guys have been there, how has it changed for you guys personally? I mean, obviously, two extra uh, people in your home. <laughs> Uh, by the way, you, you're a little behind the outlaw family over here, but, uh, um, but how, how, for 16 years, how has things changed from when you, when you went to now?
4: Well, I think that uh, the country has uh, become a little more modernized in those 16 years that we've been there. We've seen uh, it's become a little more Americanized even, uh, a lot more uh, American products than restaurants and places like that have come in but um, i think that uh, the country has also become a negative is the country has become a lot more secular uh... back when we uh... went there catholicism uh... was and still is considered the main religion but uh... the majority of of spanish people are uh... have no religious background no religious affiliation and so Uh, that is one thing that has really changed and uh, of course lately uh, the financial crisis has hit Spain very hard and about around 24 percent of uh, the population are unemployed Uh, if you look at young people which would be considered around 30 and under uh, that number jumps to over 50 percent and so Uh, Spain is in a a bad place right now, not only financially, economically, but, of course, spiritually as well.
0: Yeah. Let let me ask you two guys, and we'll get to Joe and Carrie. um, How open are the people in Central Asia and Spain just to talking about issues of faith, biblical issues? You know, we know Spain has the Catholic kind of tradition, deeply rooted in that. And, of course, communism goes back. Um, years and years in uh, in your country, but just on a scale of one to ten, a five would be average. Or they're just kind of moderate. Uh, where would that? Where would they be? Let's go back here to.
4: When we first got there, I would say that uh, it was very low, uh, and uh, it took years and years, and, and it still does years and years to build relationships and to and to have that opportunity to to share with people. Uh, now people are more open to talking about spiritual things. That's good. Uh, but that doesn't mean they're interested. Uh, They're open to talking about it, but still, uh, it 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 still takes years and years before they become interested.
0: Okay,
2: great. David? We were just discussing that because in one way, it'd be like a seven or eight uh, in Kazakhstan because they're more than willing to talk about spiritual things, but uh, they uh, uh, they consider themselves Muslim. So well, the Islam of Kazakhstan is a very mild folk Islam, is what we call it. Uh, they would say that they are Islam or Muslim the way that a lot of Americans would say they are Christians. You know, grandma took me to church when I was 12, and so that's what they would fill out on the census form. They wouldn't know their uh, imam, they, they know very little about the Quran. Uh, in fact, sometimes we have to cue them. on on what the Quran says but uh, they're more than willing to talk about certain matters of faith or spiritual um, matters until you start really pressing them with the gospel and then the Kazakhs especially will say well I'm Muslim well they have no evidence that they're Muslim uh, uh, by any kind of outward or uh, devotional sign but because I am Kazakh therefore I am Muslim. Which and,
1: means I cannot be Christian. So the and to, two are completely yeah. different. To it's, be I mean, to
2: become Christian is to cease being Kazakh. Yeah.
1: Mm. Not cease being Muslim, but cease being Kazakh because that's their identity.
2: That's and the other thing point. is they
1: would say, um, a lot of um, my students would say, yeah, I'm a believer. You know, we kind of throw that term around because we don't want to be too harsh. Like we don't want to be like Christian, Christian, Christian. So we be like, oh, I'm a believer. Well, I'm a he's a believer too. Right. I mean, he's very open. Sure. You pray. Everybody believes he's in open. something. Yeah. Well, I mean, and for them, he believes in Islam. Sure. So they use it. They believe in God. They believe in creation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you press towards the issues of the gospel, then that's. And for them, it really is giving up everything. And that's a, that's a hard... Because Islam is
2: so tied into, into their identity and their culture and everything about them. Uh, so even though they are rather mild in their religious understanding, uh, they, they
0: being Muslim is part of their identity. Probably much the same way that Catholicism is part yeah. of the identity mm-hmm. in Spain. Right. And the other thing well. about,
1: I, I mean, when you look at our two ministries, in some ways they're a lot different, but in other ways, if you look just at Spain, you mentioned this in the first service, uh, it's being flooded with Muslims from North Africa, mm-hmm. and so the changing face of some of the work in Spain, maybe maybe not in your city, but in other cities where we have workers, um, that's a factor as well, working with, knowing how to work with Muslims, which it will be for them as well. Sure.
0: Um, well, you look at Joe and Carrie Hutchison, and you say... What are they doing on the couch on stage? Uh, They've got a real unique opportunity, and I want them to share that with us.
5: Yeah, we're joining with the Keystone Project and moving down to uh, Houston, Texas, where they already have a mission team set up. And in this square mile that we're going to be moving to, there's 50,000 people in over 50 different countries represented, um, all living in apartments, and the whole philosophy is live with them, be them. Um, build relationships with them. Uh, it, it's it's so, such a cool opportunity. I believe that's what Jesus did. He lived with the people. He spent time with the people, and through that, he did his ministry. Um, what we're going to be doing specifically is we're going to be kind of kickstarting a school. We're going to be co-directing a school together. Jesus came and met the spiritual needs, um, but he did not just meet spiritual needs. He met physical needs. Um, we look at his first miracle. He turned water into wine nothing really spiritual about that, but he met a physical need that was needed at the time. And so with that, um, we realized the kids are really struggling. Most of these families are refugee families um, coming over in the apartment complex that we're gonna be moving into from Burma, um, where genocide is going on. And so uh, Carrie actually spoke to a girl who remembers getting picked up by a military helicopter to get her out of the country. Um, And so this is really crazy and different. But with that, they're being thrown into the public school system, not knowing English, not knowing Spanish, the two primary languages down there. Um, And they're falling behind, and specifically the boys more than the girls. Girls are a little bit more uh, academic-minded that they'll push through the barriers. But about 60% of the boys are dropping out in early high school. And those who push through because of no child left behind are graduating at about a third grade level. And so we're coming alongside this team and offering an alternative schooling um, opportunity where they can uh, do a homeschool curriculum uh, that forces them to read, advance in English. And we are very proud to say, by the grace of God, that after the first guinea pig model that they did this last semester, the kids' grades came up 34%. And so um, we're real excited to get involved. Um, But more than being an academic institution with a biblical perspective, We want to be a disciple-making institution. Um, If we do not make disciples, we are failing, and we'll drop it. Um, We want want, uh, to make disciples that make disciples. Um, This year, we're looking at 12 students to pull in. Um, Four of them are Christians who are making disciples, telling their friends about Jesus. Four of them are Christians that aren't to that point yet of making disciples, and four of them are not believers yet and we want to make disciples through this tool, um, through this help of their uh, education, um, and that's what we're all about.
0: And that's your heart, is discipling, is yeah. discipleship. I mean, that's just where your your passion, that's kind of where you light up, uh, that kind of thing. Now, you and Carrie, you've been there twice. Carrie, you've been there once. Yeah. Correct. And so, just kind of, how, how different is this area of Houston that you're going to, different from, um, where you were raised in Indiana, Fort Worth, or not Fort Worth, Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne yeah. uh, Indiana. Uh, and then, of course, you're right down the road in Riverview. Just how different is it?
6: Um, I think it's awesome because if you close your eyes and you open them, you think you're in a different country. And Joe went before me, and he told me that, and I didn't really fully fathom that until I went. But, uh, like, we we as the missionaries will be the minorities. Um, and so it's literally like you're in... You know 50 different countries because there's so many different people but it's different lifestyles you see things that you never would imagine um and uh, here in america the people you can't understand them and so there's a barrier there but you just learn to communicate with uh hand motions or pictures or stories or stuff like that
5: yeah we're literally in chinatown and so there's buddhist and hindu temples right around the corner from us um there is a mosque in the neighboring um, apartment complex, um, there's uh, one temple, of Temple, I believe, um, that they have the second largest statue in the U.S., and it's of the Jesus figure, the Messiah of Buddhism, and um, she's overlooking Houston, and what we're told was if a church goes under, they're buying that building and turning it into a Buddhist temple, and so it really was very convicting, saying, if we're not going to reach Houston, the third largest city in the U.S., um, one of the most diverse cities in the U.S., then who will? Um, And so our our team's plan is to reach the nation by reaching Houston. Um, Over, I believe, 139 nations are represented in Houston. And so we have an opportunity to use this as a training field um, for going abroad, like you guys have, um, but also, um, you know, Lord willing, people will be able to go back to their home countries again and take the gospel with them.
0: You know, we typically think, you know, Houston, Dallas, Oklahoma City, that's kind of like right there where you buckle the Bible belt. Uh, but there are a lost people everywhere, people who need to hear the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. Um, I want to tell want the, the, the last question I'm going to ask, we'll get, I want to come back to it, but uh, is the one where I ask you about 18 to 36 months. Uh, I kind of want to end up with, with that one, and uh, we'll kind of draw that uh, to, a, to a close. Yeah, let me throw this out. Uh, David, we'll start with you on this. Well, we tend to think the Great Commission uh, and World Evangelism is just solely... A New Testament concept. Um, but I think it's biblical from Genesis to Revelation. Would you speak to that? It's not, Jesus didn't pop up one day and go, oh, by the way, in case you got yeah. nothing else to do, go into all the world and <laughs> preach the gospel. Uh, it wasn't an afterthought. Right. Uh,
2: it wasn't that God saw that it was going pretty well in Acts and decided to take it internationally. Right, uh, right, yeah. <laughs> but um, in Genesis, uh, I spend uh, most of my time teaching uh and i I get to teach uh pastors and missionaries uh, in the other countries and young missionaries in, in the states and one of the things i want them to understand is that as they look into the bible for me one of the most compelling missional passages in scripture is genesis 12 when we first see god introduce himself to abraham And we see fleshed out what we call now the Abrahamic Covenant. And from Genesis 12 on uh, is the unfolding, the unpacking of God's keeping of that covenant with with people. And then uh, you see him uh, bringing the nations into himself throughout the Old Testament. You see Naaman. You see these strange things that he does through Daniel. You see him uh, as he presents himself through Jonah to Nineveh. Uh, You see that stunning passage in Isaiah 6 as uh, he presents himself in this majestic, glorious form uh, to Isaiah. And then, of course, uh, it it just explodes in the New Testament as they begin to realize we've misunderstood this all along. We've always understood this uh, as a come look at what God has given to Israel and, and, and it's this, uh, I forgot my physics is it centripetal, that, that this kind of outward motion uh, where uh, uh, God is always intended for his glory to be shared with the nations and Israel had misunderstood this, now he begins to realign the understanding of the church and by the end, uh, you know, Paul really seems to get it. And then by the end, as John sees in Revelation, Revelation 5 and Revelation 7, as he sees this multitude that no one can number, and, and it's just a, a gasp because you're seeing what, what's going to be happening in the future. You see where all of this is going, why why we are meeting Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after While we meet together in our small groups, while we do devotions with our children, uh, it's all because we are part of a kingdom that God is intentionally bringing together of Himself. And you see that uh, there are uh, thousands upon thousands in Latin America coming to Christ. There are more believers in Africa than there are people in the United States. There are conservatively uh, estimated around 100 million Christians and communist China, and God is claiming for Himself a kingdom that He intended for Himself from the beginning. And when you see those uh, that numberless multitude in Revelation, you see that God is the one who is making this happen, and it is a great and glorious kingdom,
0: and we get to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. You know, what I like about what he's saying is that, you know, God has always put his glory on display, you know, and has always wanted to have this relationship with his creation. And so now he gives Israel this great blessing, as David just said, and go, and now he gives the commission, but Israel turned it and made it an ingrown thing and said, no, no, we want to just kind of let it be about us. And the church kind of does that today. We want it to be about us. And God, now he says, "Uh -uh, it isn't about you. And the Great Commission is not about Kirby Church, it's about God's glory and God's kingdom. We just get the privilege to ride the ride, you know, on the way to glory with it. And so, uh, thank you for that. Joe, I know that's an interest of yours, too. Yeah, um, I, 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 I mean, how can I follow that up, I'll, I'll echo everything he says,
5: but uh, I, I truly believe that from the time sin entered into this world, God's been on this plan of redemption, and you know, he, if we look at the Garden of Eden, the perfect relationship that he had with Adam and Eve, that literally he walked amongst them, um, he wants that again, and that's coming again in Revelation with all nations, like David said, and so God's in the plan of missions. God is in the field of redeeming, and this is, the Great Commission is just the church's call to go out. It does not start in the Great Commission. It started back in Genesis, but he When Jesus left the earth and gave us the Holy Spirit, he's saying, now you have the power of Almighty God to go complete this. Go, I'm going to be with you always. So now we're plan A, there is no plan B. Um, So he's saying, church, go and fulfill this.
0: Amen.
2: Pastor Mike? Sure. As as Joe was talking about the Great Commission, uh, remember that at the end of the commission, as Jesus says, I will be with you always. Mm-hmm. And you remember that as we put the gospel narratives and acts together, we realize that he says that right as he's leaving them, uh, ascending back into heaven. But, but uh, then he sends the Holy Spirit. And, and what I, I would like to say uh, on behalf of them, uh, to you guys and us and, and, and Tim and Christy is that uh, when we go into Tajikistan, we're not taking God to them. He's already there. Amen. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no place on earth where God stops and says, that's Allah's territory, that's beyond my jurisdiction. Amen. But, but there's not a single square inch over this world over which God does not say, that's mine, that soul is mine, go get it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. We all just need to have an altar call right here, don't we, and, uh, and, and just do it. Um, let me kind of shift the question here just for a second. Um, there's a little bit of tension in kind of missionology today about do you raise money and send it to the missionaries, or do you send people on mission trips? Um, Joe has been to your place on mission trips. Both of my children, Blake, who's here, and uh, Byron, who's now in ministry, have been to to your guys' home and and uh, would would you guys just speak to that about uh, um, the value of them and and what value do they have to you as missionaries and and maybe even to the to the kids that come?
4: Yeah, it's uh, uh, we're really excited. We'll speak into specific. We've had lots of groups come to Spain over the years, and uh, but we'll speak specifically to the groups who have come from from Kirby. In fact, Joe was on the on the first group that came from Kirby and then uh, the group that came last year. And uh, one thing that uh, specifically uh, the Kirby teens have been able to help us do that we can't do ourselves. Uh, You know, Brother Mike said that we've uh, been in Spain for 16 years and I know that we don't look that old, but uh, (laughs) you know, we have a a hard time sometimes relating to teens, Uh, but uh, that has been one thing that Kirby has helped us do, be able to, to meet uh, these, these young people and, uh, to build relationships, to begin building relationships with them. And, uh, one thing that has, uh, has resulted from that, uh, I know that, uh, there have been, uh, three or four who have come, uh, here and have spent some time with, with some of you and have, uh, been a part of Kirby Church. And, uh, it's been really neat because they're able to see that, um, when uh, young people in Spain are uh, uh, really hard to reach sometimes with the gospel and uh, that's been able to uh, because there are so few uh, young believers in Spain uh, what that's been able to do is they've been able to see other teens who are living out their faith who are Christians and uh, they're able to see that hey the Christian life is is not strange it's something that's good it's something that's vibrant uh, and, uh, of course, we all know that uh, it's really the only way to live, and, uh, and so we believe that we have uh, the best answers to, to life's questions, and, uh, and it allows these, these young people to, uh, to see how Christian young people can have fun, but it doesn't involve alcohol, it doesn't involve drugs, it doesn't involve uh, sex, it doesn't involve some of these other things. And uh, and so that is one thing that uh, specifically that Kirby is has helped us do, and uh, been able to meet these young people, been able to um, to uh, begin building relationships, and eventually we believe that uh, we will see fruit from that from uh, what has taken place.
3: Of course, we'd love for all of these young people to come back to Spain <laughs> at some point. But we also love to see that they're serving. One Mm -hmm. of the things that we always talk about, one of our objectives is help from home or go myself to serve. Mm -hmm. And um, I I was thinking about this morning when I saw Joe here. He was somebody who stayed in our home. Um, I think he was the one who didn't receive suitcases until the very end, the last day. (laughs) That that was (laughs) an interesting experience. But here we are seeing Joe serving, somebody that, that has experienced Spain, and now he is his going out himself and that's pretty exciting for us
0: you know one of the things too that before service Tim and I were talking and one of the things that's been helpful is that um, that's helped open up some doors is that when we host Spaniards in our home I would assume we could do that with folks from Central Asia as well but it's just simply opening up your home letting them live life with you uh, and then when, when our youth group does go back to Spain, then they already know the kids, and then the Spaniard, you know, teenagers are introducing them to all of their friends, you know, and then all they gotta do is just kinda catch the wave of the connections. They don't have to form them. Uh, they're just being formed naturally because that's what teenagers do. You text Facebook, mm-hmm. Pinterest, <laughs> Vino, <laughs> gizmo i don't know what all you do but you do all that <laughs> stuff and so it's uh it's really good. if you're interested in that you know and and it may not be this summer next summer whatever but just just give them your name email address and that if an opportunity comes up then uh, they'll make you aware of it you can pray about it and, and just see see what and happens if i can add to
5: that yes. having that experience over here um god does incredible things through that um like tim and uh, christy have been saying culturally Teenagers do not accept Christ over in Spain, but having them over here for a month or whatever, they are opened up to what the possibilities are in Christianity, um, to the point where I know Noelia, who stayed with my family, you um, wrote back to her friends when they're asking, what was the coolest thing you, did you do? Did you see you know, um, New York, did you see this, did you see that? She's like, I got to go to Kirby Church. Um, I got to experience something different. Um, and so God does work through that and so it's a beautiful opportunity to be a missionary here while hosting a student from another country
0: well listen we do have I think a lot of young people college and career age um, uh, young adults who do have kind of I think a bent towards missions a high degree or even acute interest in missions I think some are even sensing that, that call to missions. Carrie let me ask you what advice would you give somebody Sensing that call to missions. How, how would you just speak to them whether they're male or female? Because again the, the face of missions is wide open today, whatever skill set you have I'm telling you you could throw a dart at just about any place on the globe and use whatever God has given you and Take the gospel there because God's already there and make an impact for the kingdom of God. So what would what would you say?
6: Yeah, I would just say that you have to be willing to go because you could always say someday, someday. That's kind of the boat that I think is funny about our whole situation is I I always sensed that I was going to go into missions, but I always thought someday, 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 and now is the time. So um, all the little life experiences, all the, um, the books you can read, those are great, but you have to be willing to go and leave whatever comforts you may be leaving or fears you may have um and just you have to follow the spirit so if god says go you have to go
0: okay so now they they've heard god's call and they say yes i'm going um what are just some some things along the way that has helped you it's just open to everybody but here if you want to start that's fine or it just what it, they, just things along the way that's kind of you know looking back you see god's hand oh that was kind of a pivotal moment that was a key intersection that was something I really didn't understand at the time but now looking back you go, "Wow okay anybody want to jump in there
2: Can I say something from a familial point of view uh, as we're not only uh, the products of, of, of a call to missions but also uh, we have children now the I would encourage the families, moms and dads, to create within your home an environment where it is natural to discuss the things of God and to pray for missions that your children know that there is a world out there uh, beyond the Big Ten. (laughs) (laughs) He almost said that. But that you... uh, create this environment where it is natural for your children to consider missions. Uh, and that means, on our end, as a parent, that it might mean that our children are, at times, not going to be home for Christmas. Uh, and, and you know, that happens. Uh, and uh, we live in a day where, where things can happen uh, to, to make that easier to deal with, but When when we, as parents, create that atmosphere in our home, uh, and and then you you have a church where you're engaged in these mission trips, that segues quite nicely into this because there are certain surveys that have uh, estimated that around ninety percent of of missionaries now have had been on mission trips before answering the call uh, to the field.
0: Yeah, great point. Great
1: point. I would say too that you know, I kind of look at it when you're thinking about what God's will is for you. I feel like you're always, I used this analogy earlier, but you're, you're just always filling up your toolbox. You know, we're going through that with our kids. You know, we, we left for Kazakhstan, and they were 2 to 12, and they didn't want to go, frankly. I mean, I remember Carson saying, I don't know, why do we have to go? Our, our two oldest were talking about it. They're like, you know, why do we have to leave and go, go across the world? We love our life here. I don't understand. And the little one goes, Cause God told us to, duh. <laughs> and really, in the end, it's that simple. But um, but now that they're young adults, it's time for us to be saying, okay, what are you what are you going to do? So we're preparing people in our own household to figure out what to do, as we did. And 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 really, for us, we weren't as fortunate. Tim and Christy kind of knew from college that's the route we were going. But ours our story didn't play out that way. And so, but we kept preparing and training and studying and, and serving and just kept taking a step at a time ahead and the Lord opened and so that when he says go, you're ready. When he says the door's open, you don't, I mean, your bags are ready to go. You have the skills you need, they have the tools you need, I mean, that's what we're, that's one reason we sent Carson to Kirby so he could put something else in his toolbox of preparation for whatever life ministry he had. And so. It does take that final step, too, to say, okay, now what are we really going to do? And I think some of that is researching that on your own, finding that out. Sometimes people say, I'm ready to go, Lord, if you bring me something. But sometimes it's, Lord, I'm going to go out finding, looking Mm -hmm. for something, and unless you slam that door in my face— I'm going to just keep walking through it. And it sounds like that's what's happened with you guys. And, and I know that that's happened a lot. And I, I, I think it's a real natural step because you already had the skills you needed and you were ready to go.
0: I love the, I, I love the way you guys are tying everything together because you're available so you pick up the toolbox and you just start yeah. putting things in your toolbox. One of the things I would encourage you to do is today, put in your toolbox conversations with these guys. They're all going to be at the tables, uh, the, the high round top tables right in the middle of the foyer. Uh, when we get done here in just a few minutes, and engage in conversation, uh, get to know their their children. You already know Carson. Uh, his brothers and sisters are way cooler. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm just kidding. And uh, Alejandro and Anna and o- uh, Oscar. Where is Oscar at? Mm-hmm. Hey, would you welcome all the way from Spain? Would you welcome Oscar <laughs> with us today? Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us today, man. I appreciate it so very much. Uh, Timmy Christie, what would you what tell tell them tell me other things to put in my toolbox?
4: Well, of course, uh, again, I love the analogy. yeah, it sounds uh, yeah. Amen to all of uh, what it's been said so far. We we're, we totally agree with all of that. But uh, of course, it may sound a little cliche to say this, but just spend time in prayer, uh, praying, uh, also talking with uh, other. Uh, those who have gone uh, or other Christian leaders uh, your pastor or uh, one of your one of your pastors here uh, different things like that but uh, also uh, something really important is just uh, staying involved where you are right now because what you're doing uh, the ministries that you're involved in here if you ever go overseas uh, you will be doing those same things if you're teaching, uh, if you're training leaders, if you're working with young people Uh, you will be doing those things uh, overseas as well. Uh, If you're sharing your faith with your friend uh, or your coworker, that's what you're going to be doing there as well. And so getting involved where God has placed you right now in this season of life that you're in, and then if God happens to change that season and lead you somewhere else, uh, you will be prepared because you will have already been doing uh, those things right where you are right now, and that will prepare you uh, for the future
3: they took it all again man, I, I knew I should have
0: went to you <laughs> I know. first man. I do like the way they keep saying pre- prepare prepare I know some people just think I'm just going to go and love on people in Jesus name and and that's good we want to love people wherever we are but the more prepared you are the more things you put in your toolbox the greater the the influence or the sphere of impact you can have for the kingdom of God. Uh, Paul or Jesus Christ took Paul away for three years after his conversion just to prepare him uh, for the years of ministry that he would have. Uh, the disciples followed Jesus around three years uh, to prepare them for the ministry that they would have. Moses and the backside of the desert. I mean, God has always been about preparing people, and so we don't need to shy away from things like education and and uh, formal or informal or coaching or mentoring or um, those kind of things. And so, um, prepare yourself, and God, the Holy Spirit has greater opportunity to uh, uh, to um, use you in, uh, My, in a great to say day. One thing.
1: Sure. Too, I think that you really have to learn to love the world um, mm, and know so about good. it. That is so good. Um, because. I mean, when, you, when we look around, we pretty much hang out with people who look like us and act like us and speak the same language as us. And when you get really in your mind that there are people who never, ever have read one word of truth. I mean, we have, like, probably literally 30, 40 Bibles at our house. Mm-hmm. And there are people who have never had a copy of Scripture. When you realize that there are generations and generations— Who have never stepped one foot inside of a church never met a true believer and there are literally millions of people and you just go like how can i not and so you're either going to get on the bandwagon and start giving so somebody can go or you're going to go yourself but doing nothing becomes not an option i mean i I don't want to be cliche in the world of you know where education is everything, but to an extent it is. If you don't know, you can't do anything about it. You know, kind of like if you never saw a homeless person, you would be less likely to ever really reach out to one. But if there's one like outside your door, you see him. And and I think as you begin to know the world, I always say every church and every class and every house needs um, a flag, some flags of the world, a map of the world, an Operation World book that tells you about all the peoples of the world so that you will know God's people all around the world that he created every one of them different you can't not do something about it yeah
0: very good great great let let me throw a question to christy and then maybe two or three others just chime in here probably this will be a final question Um, but what can we do what can can we do because the fact of the matter is you are the six missionaries on stage but the fact is you're not the only missionaries in this building Matter of fact, you all are looking at missionaries, right? Because we're all supposed to be going, and that's what, that's what mission does. And, and, and you go cross-culturally, you go, uh, believe me, I'm an Ohio State Buckeye fan. This is cross-cultural ministry <laughs> <laughs> right here, I'm just saying. Um, but what can we do? Let me start with you. What can we do? We, be in, we be in the the church that sends, the church that wants to bless, the church that wants to cheer you on, saying, keep going, keep going going we value what you're doing it, it's it's of importance in the kingdom of God it's going to be different because of what you're doing what can we do well, your
3: church has already been doing that for us for 16 years so I just want to say keep doing what you've been doing because it's just been a blessing to us but the the youth who've come over just accepting them into your homes and just loving on them you don't know the impact I've taught English to several of them that have been here with you. I've spent hours and hours and hours with them. And the things that they said when they came back were just amazing. Their favorite things were VBS and Kirby. And I even said, and buying shoes? And they said, no, 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 Kirby.
1: <laughs> so that's
3: pretty big. It's pretty big. Um, so just keep, keep trying to get involved. Please, out there we have a place to sign up to get our newsletters. That way you could read more about what is going on in our ministry please stop by and sign up. We really do want to share what's going on with you.
0: Great. Anybody else want to jump in there? Just one, two-sentence question to answer? Prayer. It, it,
5: it's not cliche at all. Um, I know if Carrie and I going with a bunch of different religions um, and, you know, uh, ahead of us is daunting and baby on the way and all that, it, 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 it's crazy. But um, there's power in prayer. And um, Kirby, I know, know you're people of prayer. And so, uh, I mean, Carrie and I know, and you guys have a prayer list and all that. Um, stop by, uh, sign up for a prayer list, uh, grab, grab, pra- grab a prayer card. Um, that, more than anything else, can go the farthest. And so, please. Um, also, I mean, uh, the mission trip type idea, um, if you're ever in Houston, stop on by. I, I open up <laughs> my doors. I'm dead serious. <laughs> um, I, I, we're people, you know, people, people, so, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, that encouragement means so much because um, we we're not going to lie. It does get hard out there because sometimes you are on your own. It feels like, um, but the church is behind us. We have a God who's with us, and so just being reminded about that is so so encouraging.
0: Yeah, I appreciate your words about encouragement because we all need that, and especially the farther away you are on Christmas Day from what has been home. I think those encouraging words are are very helpful. Anybody else want to just? Throw something in the, in the pot. Good. Are we good?
2: Yeah. Keep that relationship uh, going between the church and you. Have not lost them. You have sent them. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. Well, and I think hard.
1: there's some spiritual warfare ahead for them that they, that I know that once you've been in it, you feel it. And I think especially in your situation where you have, there's just something about. Temples and mosques, and I mean, it, from our house, you can hear the call of prayer all the time over the loudspeaker. I'm guessing you'll have similar experiences, mm-hmm. and I mean, they're going to need that extra, extra support that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. <coughs> Amen. Well, speaking of prayer, that's a good segue into what I want to do next. I want to just pray a prayer of blessing uh, over our um, our missionaries. Um, on stage and I would like for you to to join me in praying for them okay and so um, I'm going to ask Joe if he would to lead us in that prayer and then I'm going to just kind of wrap the prayer up uh, and then we'll just kind of see where we're at after that and and, uh, and and follow the Lord's leading here but Joe would you lead us in prayer please
5: dear Lord um, this is your work It's not anything that we can do by ourselves, not anything that, um, you know, it's all you. You've been in the plan of missions since the beginning. Uh, You've been in the plan of relationships and redemption. So, God, um, just empower. Thank you so much for Kirby. Thank you so much for a church body that will support, that will come alongside, that will send. Um, That is Truly, truly, um, in answer of prayer. God, I pray for every single one of these missionaries, not just on stage but in the seats, that they're willing to go out and follow you no matter what the cost, no matter where you say, no matter when you call us. God, that's what it means to be a disciple, to follow you no matter what. So may we all follow you. May we all um, just listen to your voice and where you're leading us. Because it is your work from the very beginning, we love you, God. In Jesus' name, I pray.
0: So, Father. When-